Hi. Hello, welcome, everybody. So we are going to continue with text 47. Am I right? Yes, you're correct. All right. True inward faith begets fear of God. Fear of God teaches us to keep the commandments. For where there is fear, it is said, there the commandments are kept. The keeping of the commandments establishes practical virtue, the precursor of contemplative virtue. Of these, the fruit is dispassion. Through dispassion, love is born uh -huh. in us. Concerning love, the beloved disciple said, God is love, and he who dwells in love dwells in God, and God in him. All right. I think that uh, this is text which explains spiritual life, structure of spiritual life. It is, it is something what if we know and we practice, we cannot go wrong. Well, it is just basic structure that, and, and it says about several like very important things that real faith, true faith, uh, give birth to fear of God. And this is what, what uh, other saints they say that, well, uh, if you are touched by grace and this God's touch causes that you come to faith, that immediately with that, God gives you this gift of Holy Spirit, what is fear of God. And uh, this fear of God is not something how we understand fear in this negative way, fear is this deep respect, this this some kind of trembling of soul, uh, soul found something precious, a treasure, and uh, is and worries now not to lose this treasure. So this uh, this uh, fear of God is this trembling of soul. Uh, which uh, doesn't want to lose what was found. So it is, and because of that, uh, fear of God, this this state of soul, uh, it's uh, it leads to searching what is will of God, what God wishes us to. Uh, to do, and so soul starts to search what pleases God, and then soul does this thing. Mm -hmm. It means keeping commandments, and uh, this this keeping commandments leads to um, <coughs> practical virtues. It means that to virtual uh, that virtues are born and cultivated, and this gives. Like platform on basic or or some kind of state creates for contemplation. So, if you if you skip that, if you skip this part, these these steps, so you cannot come to these heights of uh, of spiritual uh, life, and you cannot come to true love, you know, which is gift of God for those who went through this state of purification, mind and heart. And uh, so, so this is this this is something what we can uh, we have to remember 
I'm saying is, I just want to know if driving is an option, right? If you get my mother in law's car or, or just keep driving. <coughs> well, we have to, we have to, uh, maybe we were talking about this when we were talking about St. Ignatius, that there is some kind of steps you cannot jump through, you cannot skip mm -hmm. in spiritual life. And uh, St. Isaac Syrian, he says that if you are trying to do this, so then it is, uh, then it is, uh, that it, you can experience the wrath of God if you try to skip one of the steps. And this, this wrath of God is anger of God. It's not because God wants to punish you something, but, but it is something that comes upon you because uh, uh, you are not following this natural um, way how to got closer to him that that you are you are missing your way you are out of correct path it was very strange when i read about this and especially what isaac said in somewhere in the beginning in, in the first uh homilies i don't remember which one but in the very beginning and i was a little bit like almost like scared about that but that 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 if you try to skip something, you know, from this, so it really, you are causing that you are in problems. And uh, what are those problems? Usually uh, it is not that you experience some sort of like physical punishment or something, but usually these problems are caused by, uh, um, Taking illusion as a truth. There are, what is delusion? Uh, uh, yes. And you live in this. You are deceited and, by, and, and you live in some kind of world you created for yourself. You know, and yeah, I'm thinking about that and then you look to the world and Many times you look to, uh, and with dealing with people, uh, you, you can find a lot of people who try to live spiritual life, but, well, but still they're like in one circle. It's not that, it doesn't mean that they are fighting with some kind of passion, so they are standing and failing, standing and failing, because those people, if they are doing that, they, they are on a good, good, good path. But those people, they come to some kind of, they create their own spiritual life or way how to live, and they are satisfied with that, and it created some kind of barrier for growth. So they are turning in one circle without growing, and on one way, fully satisfied with what they know about life or they, what they create for own life without, without improving life. And they so feels that, that something's not right, but mind says, you do everything correct. 
and uh, because of that, uh, they are several Christians. Christians without who are not uh, uh, inspiration for the others. It, it just jogged the memory of a priest that had mentioned that in a, a spiritual talk one time, and he had mentioned that you can get caught in these traps where you have a, you have a little bit of your spiritual life that's disordered, so you're not pro, you're not progressing any farther. So you're stuck in that, like you said, a circle, and you think you've arrived and you're doing the right thing, but yet there's a whole other door, and, you know, ladders that you need to keep going up. And you're comfortable there, and you're stuck there for 15, 20 years. You never realized that what you're, what you, what was holding you back, yeah. you know, and stopping you. And, and he was trying to bring that out to let people kind of delve into that a little bit and evaluate their life. Well, so the, the, it is very, very serious, like problem, especially for those who are very, I would say. Who approach this face in some kind of zeal, but wrong zeal, or not? That um, I think those people who uh, gain some kind of truth and can see problems, for example, in the church, so now they gain this like position. I'm like just, and everybody is like they are doing bad things and. Uh, there is some kind of like non-stop anger in them and this opposition instead of uh, trying to live own life and to try to uh, reach salvation they are always pointing to others uh, and this brings them satisfaction that I am right I am just just you know and uh, so this is one thing and uh, which can which can happen if one of these steps is uh, skipped. So it means that if I come to faith and I ignore this gift, which is fear of God, which leads me to keep commandments, so I don't give myself a chance to to grow to at first to discover my passions, discover my real state of my soul. And then, if I don't know that, I do. I'm not trying to fight that. I am not trying to uh, about to cleanse my soul and and mind, and and there is no humility in me. So I can be very very proud of my knowledge, intellectual knowledge, but uh, but uh, what is missing is this true humility, and true this desire for salvation. My soul this this holiness of heart which brings me closer to God. So this is why this I, I think this definition is something what what is amazing because in few words he just showed the way how to go. Well we can feel details of that but but this is like core and it should be something what we should keep in mind when we build our uh, our uh, structure of our life. When we we how we how we uh, put together this routine in our life, um, and uh, well, 
uh, we had meeting similar study with with Solax through Zoom and uh, before meeting one man he sent me uh, email with uh, yeah. question that can you can you explain closer because I was talking about like this that we are somehow we are we have to create this environment around ourselves in our houses and so I compared that to really build to transform our house or our apartment to monastery of monastery like uh, monk cell and he said uh, he asked me to explain practically how can be done and um, uh, and he was expecting something like I, I did that and he was expecting something like brutal you know something like string or something said, no 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 you, you just you just need to make a rule for your life that where to, to for prayer what do you how do you want to live your life what will be the style of life you know what are you reading what you are watching you know and and I and he said and he was very surprised he thought that well, whatever maybe to wipe yourself <laughs> sometimes but uh, I'm I, well. I don't put put him down because it was it was very good question, good interest. But once we once we uh, we read about this like structure, he offers us to. So we we really can if we remember that that it will reflect. It will that the the way how we live would reflect that. We would create this environment around in where we live this kind of environment which will help us to do this and sometimes it might be little changes and but in the beginning there will be little change because if you make a big change you will not able to keep that you know, it's like people who learn about uh, okay I should have some kind of prayer rule for my life so they start to uh, okay so they sit down and what so they gather all these suggestions they heard about and they create like really prayer rules that even monks are not able to carry that <laughs> I would say and uh, and they try for day two three and then uh, they stop to pray completely because it is too much so so, this, but if we do it like correctly, it would lead us to make steps which we can adjust our, our lifestyle around. And it, will some, it might be something very easy, very small step, but fulfilling this step would lead us naturally to, to do another step, another step, another step. So these little little steps are necessary. You cannot make jumps in spiritual life. But on the other hand, you should not be satisfied with minimum. There's always like this desire to grow, <coughs> to be closer to God. It should be, but uh, we have to be very wise how we how we. How we do this? All right, I think that let's have another text.
The monk's way of life is truly full of beauty and excellence, provided it accords with the rules and laws laid down by its founders and directors, taught as they were by the Holy Spirit. The warrior of Christ must be above material things <coughs> and detached from all worldly thoughts and deeds. For, as St. Paul says, in order to please the leader who has chosen him, the soldier going to war does not entangle himself in the affairs of this life. All right. So, again, we can hear that this text is was written for monks. <coughs> And uh, uh, but it's 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 not only for months, and we have to we have to remember that these these words are not only for those in the black robes. Um, I remember in seminary when I was in seminary, this old spiritual father, spiritual he was. Well, we took him like grandpa, you know, like really, or and he was like talking in his way. And at the time, I think that he said a lot of words of wisdom, but at the time we were more attuned to some kind of new things, exciting things, not those things he was talking about. But still, he repeated so many things so often that I can remember that. One of these was that he was, he was telling us very often that you got great gift, your vocation. Live in that way that you are worthy of this gift. He was reminding that, and uh, and his words uh, left some kind of seal, you know, on the soul. But when you and and the the Saint Theodorus in this text, he says something similar to monks. But we have to realize that it we we all received great gift, gift of baptism, and we were um, born to new life through baptisms, through grace, and it is our vocation to live as a as a God's children. And in the same way as those monks are supposed to think about uh, this greatness of um, their vocation, we should think very often about greatness of our vocation as Christians. And uh, I think that there is no difference. Even like monks, there are like, like there is no special like ordination. It's not sacrament. It's a, those are people who decided to um, reach salvation through this way of life. For sure, they were called to this life. But well, what about those who are called to marriage? Is sacrament even? And uh, uh, there are some some theologians who who consider they talk about monastic life as another sacrament. I saw well, they see sacraments everywhere in the East. There are some some theologians, but uh, but in a way uh, I can understand their this statement because 
it is it is some kind of way of life. But what if you are called to be married? You if you are called to be single in the world, uh, there are so many vocations you can uh, get from God, and in each this way you are we are called to remember this gift we received in baptism and to try to be worthy of that gift so actually this is this is something what if we read if we recall this previous step when he shows us the way the structural spiritual love now, now he helps us with this uh, reminder how important, how great is gift which we received. And if if we keep it in mind, so it will be easier for us to walk on this path he um, put in front of us. Okay. If there are no questions, let's continue. Or comments. The monk, therefore, must be detached from mere material things must be dispassionate, free from all evil desires, not given to soft living, not a tippler, not slothful, not indolent, not a lover of wealth, pleasure, or praise. Unless he raises himself above all these things, he will fail to achieve the angelic way of life. For those who do achieve it, the yoke is easy and the burden is light. Divine hope sustaining them in all things. This life and its activities are full of delight, and the lot of the soul that has attained it is blessed and cannot be taken away. Okay, so another instruction for life. And uh, he shows like goal or, or, or what or goals monks has to fulfill in his life and um, it is like uh, it seems like all orders you know everything good uh, is pleasant to person he's like doctors they tell you that everything you cannot do anything what you like or eat you know and in the same way he's what doctors for body this he's doing for soul but and we, uh, but we know that he's right. We, we know that. And but the point of this encouragement is that, uh, or, or not in this instruction is that we never, we should never come to some kind of position or state when we stopped in growing. You know, it's it's like. Uh, the goals he writes here, some of them, some monks probably never reach totally perfect as those. Only few. You know, it's it's tough. Many were fighting whole life in monastery, coming closer to form, but never totally. Um, but but this is still it should be our goal. To, to, to have this desire for this perfectness. I heard uh, one thing that which touched me 
uh, few months ago. I don't know what kind of lecture it was. And the priest uh, was saying that uh, if somebody asks him that, uh, like for recommendation, uh, which parish to choose, uh, he says that search a goal uh, to cemetery where these uh, parishioners are buried, former of the parish. If those are graves of saints, choose this this parish. Mm -hmm. The success of parish life, a measure for success is how many saints from the parish are buried on parish cemetery. And Oh, it hit me somehow, you know, that I said, wow, this is great thought. And and it has some kind of connection with that, you know, that I think that even like we can tell the monasteries, which mon the monastery is good, how many holy monks uh, came out from the monastery. And, uh, and I think that this is something what, what is many times like, Yes, we talk about holiness, about perfectness, about growing, but uh, many times we just follow ways which we found uh, or we accepted from uh, our grandparents, parents, and, and we are satisfied with that. And I think that in this case we, we should become free a little bit. From uh, from these uh, uh, habits, and to realize that well, we should op open our heart, and to have this desire for holiness. Samuel, you wanted something. Yeah, I was just noticing how much in that sort of corresponds to the concept of detachment. Yeah. And we're about to start looking at detachment in our book for the high school class. And it just seems like that's such a, a big jump from step one to step two, uh, especially the way St. John talks about it. Of course, there's the not being attached to material things, but liking to be mistreated, misrepresented, misunderstood, um, thanking God for that, and so recognizing that it, that's how God is working that detachment out for us is through those things and yep. the, the author of the book about the ladder of divine ascent he's saying well I haven't passed step two if that's any indication <laughs> if what he says is I have, a, I have a question on that when it comes to um, loving being like misrepresented and all that like coming to terms with the fact that you're not you're not called to be the star of the show um what do you do if your faith is being misrepresented? Like, at what point do you step in and say, like, hey, that's not true? Because I've had instances at my school where something is misinterpreted or misunderstood or purposely, like, said a certain way to make the Catholic faith look bad. And so what, how much of that should be me keeping quiet, staying humble, and how much of that should be me not making a scene, but kind of saying, 
that's just false. You can't say that. Because I've tried and I've gotten shut down. Well, I, I know that there is a trend now to fight for faith. You know that you have to defend your faith. An apostle Peter, uh, Paul, he says this: that we are supposed to stand up for our faith. Now, you can do it if, and you can be uh, successful if if the opposite side is searching truth. If opposite side is not searching the truth, you will not reach anything. Well, when I was in high school, I remember still, because from time to time I pray for these people, <laughs> uh, there was a, I, I went to one argument with uh, one, not friend, but uh, who studied there too. And uh, it was about, uh, about faith. And for sure, with, somehow with God's help, I defeated him in argument, uh, with ar my arguments. It was relatively easy, or at the time, I, it was some kind of enlightenment, what to say. And, but then I realized something. Yes, I defeated him. And publicly, he publicly def uh, attacked faith. I publicly defended faith, and it was evident for everybody that he lost that. And I asked myself then, and it was like bitter feeling I had, and I realized what I have done. What 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 was the result? I didn't I didn't bring him to Christ. I just defeated him with arguments. But I didn't bring him to faith. And this is some kind of problem, you know, because some kind of this, um, with this zeal, we try to, to uh, def defeat somehow to protect our faith. If you read these Holy Fathers, these saints, they say, run away from theological discussions. Mm. Run away. It's not worthy. Because you can, you can, even if you win, you can destroy your soul. And I destroy my soul. Because at that moment, because even I won, uh, I didn't receive, uh, I didn't bring him to Christ. And uh, I uh, put him to shame in front of many people. It was there was no Christian life uh, love there, you know. And uh, um, it's 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 difficult because uh, for sure there are there are there are moments when you need to speak to defend. For example, if there is challenge to you to um, give testimony about your faith, you must do this, even if you pay with your own life. But it doesn't mean that if somebody says something, so you have to go to war. 
you know. It's, it's so, and, and I would say that it is always, like, based on what I read, or how I understand this teaching on the Holy Father, and they many times they talk about that. They, they say, talk to those who are searching, who are open. Don't talk to those who are searching for arguments. You know, so this is this is something what uh, what is present very often in present times that that we are uh, uh, we are entering to these battles, and it it is like this uh, this um, um, you know these discussion clubs are popular, and so who is winner in discussion? Who can defeat with own arguments the opposite side? It doesn't need to be uh, well. If somebody is good speaker, even if that speaker is wrong, can win the debate. Okay, but even if he wins the debate, can he change minds of the other one? It's, so. I would say that criterion to enter to discussion should be is this person really searching for truth or not? If the person is not searching for truth, don't waste your time because usually you will be that one who, who will be hurt. You know, because your spiritual life will get like balls because it's impossible not to uh, not to go away from uh, teaching gospel in this because you would be not kindly you would cause shame to the brother you know yeah Patrick and I come across this a lot of times sometimes you know the person my mind is made up don't confuse me with facts you know they don't really want to know their mind is made up one thing I've learned is one, the Catholic faith doesn't need me to defend it. It's got Christ to defend it, number one. So I, that's for me. Secondly, the best way I can defend the Catholic faith for me is to live my Catholic faith and to be a witness to that Catholic faith. They should know at your school that you're Catholic. They should know that. You know, um, They should know that you're willing to talk about it if, like Father says, they're seeking truth. If they're just coming to criticize it, if they're just trying to criticize the church, that's on them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Tell me all you want. Yeah. <clears throat> brought forward a, a couple of points uh, just to kind of add to what you're already saying. One was that you can read some of these very zealous um, blogs or, or, or posting channels that are quoting these saints who are talking about defending the faith from its attackers. And um, it's just kind of coming to my mind, you can tell me if this is correct, that, that the saints that they're quoting are probably talking about public, obstinate, false teachers. And so the, when they're saying defend the, defend the faith and, and, and if you be silent in the face of uh, attack on the church, then, then you're... Um, not being faithful, that's you know, about as blasphemy some of them, some of these saints say. But that's what they're talking about. They're not talking about you 
trying to argue, one person trying to argue with another person? Well, it's different. You know that, for example, if you are asked to give some kind of lecture or something, for sure, in this lecture, something you should defend that. For example, if there is like a, a position, I, I cannot make up now the situation, then you are supposed to tell, you are asked to tell about your uh, position, some kind of situation, something you tell that. You know, that you, you don't hide your faith. But it's it's uh, uh, but what I understood is to to get Paul to debate. You know, sometimes you have to understand that many of those people have they have a big ego and they are searching these opportunities to fight with you to somehow get satisfaction. Boost their exactly. That's I the the one time I really publicly said like no this this isn't right. Was when I was asked, because that's yeah. what I believe. So oh yeah, that's different. Perfect. Yes. Yeah, I just I don't know. It's just it's it's aggravating. Like boxing, wrestling, lacrosse; those are all sports. Like hockey, um, and it's like you want to be like aggressive. You want to like you want to go out there and get it. And then to sit there and have someone say something that's just false or or just so insulting to God, and to just sit there, it feels like. I mean, I know God wouldn't want me to like roundhouse kick on me or anything, but <laughs> it just feels like I'm just like letting letting his name be like, I mean, I, I, I do say things occasionally, but I, I don't know, it's just, I think it's just my pride, my pride, like wanting to be the hero, wanting to be a fighter. But I think what Father was saying too is that if you're asked, uh, you tell the truth, and you, that might draw more ridicule, but that's, uh, that's uh, also part of your defense. Because the Christian, because the early Christians were willing to suffer. Um, is that, is that yeah, yeah. Well, it always depends on situation. You know that uh, where you are put. You know, some situation they they require it. You have to tell uh, to give testimony by your faith. But what I'm, I'm, what I'm, uh, I, but I, I think that in our society is relatively rare you know, this direct, uh, some kind of um, situation that you have to stand up and to give testimony of faith. In more, I th what I see that there are more these situations, the majority of this is like that they want to make fun of Christians, they want to put you to shame somehow, to laugh at you, and, and so this is the reason why they want to pull you into discussion, you know, and because they are so smart that they know that probably they, I can, I can defeat you with my arguments. So it, it is like game for many. It's a setup. Yeah. yeah. And, and most of the time it's, it's just who can be more emotional. There's no, there's no logic to anything. It's yeah. So I think that we should, we should not uh, go after, in this case, we should, not go there if we see this trap there you know and, and it's it's really good judgment you know you have to look one thing is that uh, 
And many times, uh, it's better not to do that. When I mentioned I was in high school. I was in high school during communists, when ideology was communist against God. And they had to, teachers, they had to teach this way. So there was one, uh, one class, and uh, the teacher, she was saying that while well, in our social-communist uh, country, those who believe in God, they should not study, because they are not mentally you know, good for that, for higher education. And uh, it was insult. So I raised my hand and I, I just gave a simple question. So you are saying, I asked her, you are saying that those who believe in God cannot go to college or university? And I knew that, that I put her to very bad spot, you know, and, uh, she, but she couldn't say different because there were probably spies among students, <laughs> and she said, no, those who believe in God should not study in universities. I, I, and I told her, thank you. I sat down. She made, like, full of herself. And it was enough. I didn't need to argue with her. You know, because she, she, it was evident that she's wrong. You know that, that I, I and and I think that we we have to we have to be careful not to enter to fights <coughs> because I don't think that through fights we can win hearts. You know, so uh, to make good discernment, if this is opportunity, I'm called to fight, to give testimony, to be martyr or not, you know, that, uh, really, really make good judgment of the situation. I don't want to be covered, you know, but well, uh, but I, I noticed uh, while listening to many, I, uh, it's more here in America than in Slovakia, it was so, it was something new for me that that this uh, more this militant approach, you know, like to fighting for faith, but uh, all right, but this fighting it's is not really in many ways uh, based. Uh, it's not coming from gospel. I mean, it's easy to fight with words with this than to live a virtuous life. You know, and and it's always it's better always for us to live this life, to be martyrs for for holiness, because this is light you cannot hide, and n nobody can resist it. Everybody sees that, and this is and this is something was the best preaching and defense of faith, as Patrick said. All right. Does anybody know what Templar means? What? Drink. Oh, drink. Oh, okay. I never that. Right. All right. So it's 50. 50. <laughs> Halfway. <laughs> and bring it in. And bring it in and party next week. There you go. <laughs> All right.
If you have renounced worldly cares and undertaken the aesthetic struggle, you should not desire to have wealth for distribution to the poor. For this is another trick of the devil who arouses self-esteem in you so as to fill your intellect with worry and restlessness. Even if you have only bread or water, with these you can still meet the dues of hospitality. Even if you do not have these, but simply make the stranger welcome and offer him a word of encouragement, you will not be failing in hospitality. Think of the widow mentioned in the gospel by our Lord. With two mites, she surpassed the generous gifts of the wealthy. So, uh, again, Isaac Syrian, he says that monk who gave up everything is made free from giving alms. He doesn't need, and he's not, he doesn't have duty to give alms because he gave up everything. And, uh, and many this, this uh, and I think ever getting knows it is many, many stories or, but well, I remember one, I don't know where it, it is the story, and uh, like older, like elder, this old monk, he was giving instruction to young monk, and he says, "If you make this step, if you gave up a precept, keep that." And he said the similar things that, because he said that if you are free from possessions, then you can. Uh, uh, the, the trick of enemy will not apply for you. Because he says, what is a trick of enemy for monks? That okay, monks. Okay, I, I have something. So I have this by thought. I have this, and I have this for poor. I only can give to the poor. But you, he says, you give this thing to poor to as an arm. You return back, and you say this felt because you saw a lot of beggars, and you s- tell yourself, if you, if I have more, I would give more. And you start to think how to get more, to give more to beggars, and in the end you will be thinking only about gathering things. So he says that for monk is good if you give up everything. So, so then you are not supposed to give alms. Now for us, this giving alms is duty for us as a Christians. And this is the way how we live this poverty. For monks giving everything, we live our poverty by giving alms. And according our our needs, uh, according our possibility, means <coughs> that what we can what we can give as alms. But uh, we should keep this in in our mind that uh, that everything what we are getting is gift from God and. We should distribute something to the others, and uh, as a as a And this thing is like as Syrian. He says that if you have opportunity to give an arm, so you have to see this always as a situation uh, in which God gives you opportunity to give honor is that you are honored by this opportunity. If there's an opportunity to give alms and you know 
you should see that that you were honored by God that he gave you this opportunity to give an arm so it is it is uh, it is difficult and he says that well if you um, if we if we miss this opportunity God will take care of the person who needs something in some way he will take care of but we missed opportunity to honor God in this act. Now, for monkeys, it is diff- it's easy because it's a radical decision. It depends where you are. Uh, and uh, where, how you live. Well, I, I hope that these guys from Slovakia will not listen to this. When we were in seminary, so it was between communists, so monks were, everybody, all these like monks were like underground, nobody knew. And then last year, in the half of the year in winter, change came. And when we returned back from uh, Christmas break, it was interesting to see because suddenly you saw this, you saw seminarians or there are or Franciscans or Capuchins, those are who knows Brazilians, you know, and they had like their habits. I saw oh 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 it was many times like a huge surprise. You too oh my <laughs> I cannot believe that <laughs> but well uh, so but they they look there was like limited formation there and some of them they were like still in the very beginning. But I remember one funny moment. Uh, uh, there were these Franciscans and uh, somebody from Rome, from like this general house, was coming to inspect how they live. <laughs> and they got like info that he's coming to seminar and he's going to inspect your rooms where you are living, how you are living. So they were running and taking things from their cabinets or and giving to others <laughs> to show that they live with deep poverty. I said, I told one, you are crazy. You, know, that you live there or not, you know, so don't, don't make this. I said, you don't understand this, you know. Well, but at the time, for sure, they wanted to make impression it was it was a difficult situation because uh, they were trying hard to go through formation in this condition. So uh, even this thing uh, to have something, you know, like uh, it was like cover up for them, not to be very visible, and um, it might be not understood correctly by those who didn't experience this situation. So, but what I mean is that, that, uh, but there is always this temptation to somehow find this easier way how to give give these these words. But for us, for monks, it's easy. They know what to do. For us in the world, it's so many times it's difficult it's difficult to know measures. So, okay, how much I should give, um, 
how much it is responsible to give, if I am responsible towards my family, towards my children. You know, this is this is tough question for many who want to follow that and they want to live simple life. But many times we we already are living simply life because of uh, our income and and um, with problems in family and needs which are needed to be covered. So it's difficult. So there is a good advice that uh, actually this is advice I got from uh, from myself uh, so I'm going to share that. When I came here uh, uh, there was a big problem because they learned a new priest came homeless people whatever so first day or second day we were here a lady she came and she said well she needs to go to Columbus and uh, she needs like, money for gas because somebody's dying there I gave her uh, money relatively for she could easily fill up her tank you know and after two days another almost the same story so I gave again another day two more with almost the same structure of story but details were changed and I said oh this is not this is they are taking advantage of me mm-hmm. and uh, and I said well okay I but I helped and uh, but then I had to tell no because they probably they let know each other that mm-hmm. well there is a one he gives money so go there so it was like almost every day and uh, so it came to my point that I said no actually it stopped then they were trying from time to time and uh, so I asked uh, advice spiritual advice said, what I'm supposed to do because I am not I was not feeling well about that to say no and uh, advice I got um, he said look uh, the thing is that you, because you are not, uh, you don't live alone, you have family who take care of this. The thing is that you have to create a budget. This month I'm giving alms so much money. And if somebody comes, give. Don't ask. When you're out budget, you say no. And uh, I think this was very wise advice because it caused, uh, it brought peace to me. You know, that I, I know that uh, this budget can be it, like this, it's growing or decreasing, depends on situation, but but I know that when I am out of this budget, so then, all right, this is what I could give. And uh, if you say no, uh, uh, if you say no, so then it is, uh, it doesn't bring you a disturbance. And if it is something like special, something like really, so yeah, you always can go more, you know, to give more. And another thing, good advice, what, what I got about that was these arms is, especially, and it was given to me, but well, I, well, partially I used it too from time to time, 
is that if you are like on the place when there are people who abuse this with bad intention and uh, it causes that you be, you give it it causes disturbance in you like anger or you know something so the be better thing is if you create this budget so you take this and you, you give that money this arm to a food bank mm -hmm. or somewhere when they are helping to others and and uh, it's not very personal but especially when you have like um, like these crowds of people who are bothering you again and again it, it is good good protection you know uh, especially if you have just some budget for that I just volunteer at St. Malachy's Church on 25th in Detroit. It's a bad neighborhood. And uh, they would come in and with the same story. Oh, I need to go to Columbus or I need to go to West Virginia or something like that. We would take them to the bus station, buy them the ticket, and give them the ticket as they get on the bus. That way they couldn't take the ticket and sell it or they couldn't use the, take the money. If they needed prescription drugs, we had a relationship with the drugstore, they'd go over and get their prescription, and that would be it. But we did not get cash. They just wasn't helpful to them. Well, yeah. It's it's but you know, it's very very difficult because then uh, uh, if they ask usually uh, I have to admit that well in the end I I cannot help myself, I always try to give something. If they come with new story, you know, so I enjoy the story so <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. But uh but there are like situations which really cause me like bad feeling and, and you are fighting, you have to, you, I was fighting for a long time, like I remember there was one man who came, we were cleaning garage and he said that, wow, he's so hungry, he didn't eat for two days. I said, all right, sure. So I went to home and he's hungry. So I make like nice package with nice, good stuff, you know, that he could have a very good meal and it was it was not cheap things you know and I said this is a sandwich you can have now and there are things you can have later you know and uh, so he left and somehow through garage window I was watching uh, him like he was living with some kind of good feeling that all oh, okay tapping my son on shoulder and uh, when he turned around our sign, he threw the bag to, oh. to grass, you know, I said, it was like, you know. And, and uh, what you said about this, the go to bus station, I guess I said, well, I'm going to tank to my, uh, my car, so come with me, I will pay for you. And he turned and started cursing, you know. <laughs> so, well, still, I don't want to, uh, some, some guy criticized, maybe this daily life situation maybe brought them to this way of acting. And uh, I'm sure that, that their dignity is damaged and they know about that. And... Uh, and, uh, so it was poor people, you know, we help, but how to help correctly, I don't know. But one thing is for us that um, 
in some way we should react uh, correctly. And I think the two options I got and I shared with you, I think that if all those we can we can uh, um, fulfill this 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 duty of almsgiving.